93.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. It's Arizona Sports Saturday. Steve Zinsmeister here with you. We are live from Chase Field. We are in the midst of a Arizona Fall League triple header, the first of its kind at Chase Field. Right now it is the Glendale Desert Dogs and the Mesa Solar Sox scoring it off. But later tonight, it'll be the Salt River Rafters and the Surprise Saguaros. And those Saguaros feature a very special individual who has Arizona near and dear to his heart. And that is Nick Gonzalez, who is a member of the Pirates organization. He's listed, and Nick, feel free to correct me, but on baseball reference, you're listed as a second baseman, a shortstop, and a center fielder. Is that correct, or was do you want to narrow it down to one position? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, wherever they want to put me is where I play, but but mostly second base and shortstop. That's kind of where I've been. Uh, mostly second base, honestly. I probably play ninety five percent of the games at second base, but but shortstop's good too. We'll go with an up the middle player in the infield. Nick Gonzalez joining us on the show. So, Nick, when you get that call that you're going to be in the Arizona Fall League, what's the emotion there? Is it excitement? Is it I'm coming home? Uh, or I can't imagine there's any disappointment, right? Yeah, definitely no disappointment. Just super excited, uh, happy that my dad can just drive up two hours and come watch me play every day. Um, you know, happy that the family can come out, uh, my fiance's family can come out. So just pure excitement and joy to be playing, uh, missing a lot of time this year and being able to come out and make up some games. So I'm curious because you were drafted during the COVID draft, as I'll call it, the 2020 draft, but you were a very high pick. So how did it feel to be coming out of that Arizona high school baseball class with guys like Spencer Torkelson that same year? How did it feel to be in that group? Yeah, it was awesome. You know, some guys that are extremely talented, and I got to play against them in college and got to play against them a little bit in pro ball and get to see them, you know, go to the big leagues and and have their career. It's been awesome, you know to be drafted next to some really great players. And I have to ask, what has the, the development been like for you? You're a couple years in with the Pirates. What's the development process been for you so far? I saw you got all the way up to Altoona this year. Yeah, it's been going really well. You know, we've been making huge strides defensively and uh, offensively, uh, been making adjustments, and um, it's been going really well. You know, I can't – nothing but great things to say about the development staff over at uh, you know, Pirate City and, and at our affiliates and everything, so it's been great. We're talking with Nick Gonzalez, infielder for the Pirates organization, playing in the Arizona Fall League. Nick, what is the organization? What have the Pirates told you about your timeline and how you fit into the, the main major league cast of characters? Have they told you any sort of timeline or when you might be expected to be in the major leagues? No, you know, they haven't. Um, you know, I've just kind of put my head down and, and know when, when the time is right that I'll get the call. And, uh, you know, I've still got to, you know, prove myself and prove to, you know, people around me and everything that, you know, I'm ready for the big league. So, you know, whenever that time is, uh, I'll be ready. So you, uh, a lot of players come out of Phoenix or they come out of Flagstaff, Tucson. You're from Vail, which I guess is just south of Tucson. Walk us through what is baseball like in Vail, Arizona? What is there to do in Vail, Arizona? <laughs> uh, nothing much, man. No, no, we have a few high schools. We have a few, a few more high schools than we did when I was playing. You know, there was, there was pretty much only two high schools, uh, and there was one high school where I went, my brother went, and, uh, you know, we were more athletic, and we played a little bit. You know, baseball, though, not, never really been that big. Although, at my high school, we do have quite a few players uh, to be drafted, and 
quite a few big leaguers too. We have, I think, three or four. So it's pretty cool, but there is nothing to do over there. It's a pretty uh, boring town. So I was going to say, what is it like to be able to be scouted from what sounds like a smaller city than most in a state that's got a very competitive high school baseball scene? Yeah, you know, it's tough when you're when you're younger. I think, you know, walking on in college is kind of, it wasn't really that I wasn't good enough to get a scholarship. It was kind of just, I didn't really have, you know, people look at me that all that much. Um, especially here in Arizona, if, if you're a scout or, or a college recruiter, you're probably going to go to Phoenix and watch, you know, a dozen dozens of teams that are really, really good. You know, you're not going to come down to a small town uh, just south of Tucson and, and watch, you know, so... Uh, it was just, you know, it, it was tough at first. You get overlooked a little bit, but it all works itself out. Talking with Nick Gonzalez, prospect in the Pirates organization out of Vail, Arizona originally. So, Nick, the Arizona Fall League, you've played against some of these guys, I'm sure, in the minor leagues or elsewhere. But when you come to the Fall League, this is the best of the best. These are some of the best prospects in the entire game. How do you up your game a little bit when you show up to the Fall League? Yeah, you know, it, it, I just go about it the same. You know, it's the same game. Uh, you know, this this league is filled with guys who are really, really good. So, you know, you kind of want to go out there and prove that, you know, you can play with the best of them. Um, so you just kind of go out there and, and worry about, you know, taking one pitch at a time, seeing the ball, hit the ball, and field the ball, throw the ball. And you also have an advantage of working with some very talented uh, teammates of yours. I'm just I'm looking at the roster right now. I see Quinn Priester. I see Henry Davis. And then even not that far removed from the freak that is O'Neill Cruz. What is it like to be able to play with those guys, not just in the organization, but now here in Arizona as well? Yeah, it's awesome. You know, it's awesome to learn from guys, uh, you know, whether they're on the prospect list or, or not. You know, I really enjoy learning from players. And, and you know, everyone does something really really well and there's always something that you can improve on so so asking people learning from guys uh seeing what they do really well that you may not do as well and asking them you know how to hey how do you do this you know it's something that i've kind of always done my whole career so it's awesome playing with these guys so I'm curious because this is your second go around with the fall league. So tell me, what did you take away from your first go around that you wanted to apply for your second go around? And then adding on to that, what do you hope to get out of this second go around with the fall league? Yeah. You know, what I learned from the first, first time is, you know, these players are so good and, and it's so fun playing with them. Um, and then last year having, you know, guys on my team, I, I played second and Bryson style was that short. And then now he's, He's playing in the playoffs right now, playing shortstop for the Phillies. So I think that's really cool. And it's, it's, it's like what I wanted to take into this year is just like learn from everybody. You know, don't take a day for granted. You know, learn from these guys because these guys are really good and they're going to play in the big league. Uh, so as much as I can learn, you know, the more the better. Who do you model your game after at the major league level, Nick? Is there anybody that's similar to you? That's tough, man. I don't know. I, I, I enjoy everybody. You know, I love watching the best hitters. I love watching Mike Trout. I love watching Mookie Betts. Um, I just love baseball. You know, I love watching these guys. Any really good player, but it's tough. You know, uh, I always, my favorite player is, is probably Pete Rhodes because I, I watch videos of him and he plays the game so hard and he played the game so hard. Uh, you know, bulldozing a catcher in the all-star game and kind of just playing, playing balls out all the time was kind of, you know, how I was raised to play. 
Nick Gonzalez. He's in the Pirates organization, and he's from Vail, Arizona. He joins us here on Arizona Sports Saturday. Last one for you, Nick, and then we'll let you get ready for your game tonight. For the fans that may not be as familiar, not just with the Fall League, but with yourself as a, bi- a professional baseball player, what do you want the fans to know about you? Yeah, I want them to know that, you know, I'm every, time, every time I'm out there on the field, I'm having a blast, and, and uh, I'm playing the game as hard as I can. Uh, through the ups and the downs, you know, I, I persevere and I'm, you know, trying my hardest, trying to play the game, get, the, get you know, better every day. And, uh, you know, I play this game with a lot of passion, so I really enjoy it. Nick, thanks so much for the time today, for jumping on the radio with us, and we wish you all the best in the rest of the fall league and going forward, all right? All right. Thank you guys for having me. I appreciate it. Absolutely. That's Nick Gonzalez, infielder. Slash his, his reference page says he plays center field, too. He's an up-the-middle player. He wants in to be up-the-middle. Up-the-middle player in the Pirates organization. He's playing here in the Arizona Fall League. Home sweet home for him. He's from Vail, just south of Tucson. And like he said, there's nothing to do in Vail. <laughs> in fairness, when I hear Vail as someone from Colorado, I immediately think of the mountain range. So oh, yeah. A little different. This is me a little being different. a little a little like close-minded when it comes to other cities being similarly named. Hey, tell you what, we've got a few more minutes left here. Just want to touch on the awesome opportunity that Steve and I have today to be out at Chase Field for this first-ever Arizona Fall League triple header. And it's not too late to go. There's a game going on right now, but if you want to see the other two games going on later today, the next one is slated to start at around 3.05 and then one later tonight at 6.35. If you want to go, you can still get tickets at MLBFallBall.com. Check out some of the future stars and some of the future Diamondback stars, including that of Jordan Lawler. Yeah, and if I could make a pitch real quick as to why you want to check out the Arizona I see what Fall you did League. there. Ah, ah. Make a pitch. Huh? Ah, yeah. Yeah. Uh, every now and then, blind squirrel finds a nut. Yeah. Uh, if, you, if you're thinking about why would I want to go see minor league baseball right now, we've got the MLB playoffs going on. I could just watch that in the comfort of my own home. Here's my argument. We talked earlier with Jordan Lawler. He is the top prospect in the Diamondbacks organization right now. We just talked with Nick Gonzalez. He's one of the top prospects in the Pirates organization. These are some of the best of the best, like you said, Mitch, all across baseball. And I'm telling you, I'm looking out at the crowd. This is a really good crowd here today at Chase Field for a game that's an Arizona Fall League game. You could be right up close. You could catch a foul ball. You can be right up close with the players after the game and before the game. This is an experience unlike any other because this is essentially a minor league all-star game, and they do it every day multiple times, and you could be right here in the front row. And they even have an all-star game for these all-stars. Like, they even separate out the best of the best. Like I can't emphasize enough that there have been major leaguers that play in this league that are major leaguers immediately following being a part of this. Vladimir Guerrero Jr. was here not too long ago. You see what he's doing now for Toronto? I got to see several great, fantastic players use this time as an opportunity to show who they are. And it's going to be a lot harder to see them when they get to the big leagues and when they play at that high level because they're going to be in different cities all over the place. There are very few opportunities to see guys this talented and you got to see them here today, right now, here at Chase Field at this Arizona Fall League triple header. Yeah, and we have a couple guys that are even major league caliber players. We're going to talk with Cooper Hummel here in a little bit, who is a Diamondbacks player. Also, kind of going through a position change a little bit. We're going to talk yeah. to him about that uh, coming up it. here at 1230, so you're going to want to stick around for that as well. All right, when we come back from the break, we're going to talk with Car- uh, our Cardinals insider, Tyler Drake from ArizonaSports.com. Get you all set for tomorrow's Cardinals-Seahawks matchup in Seattle. That's coming up next on Arizona Sports Saturday. 
Arizona sports goes local. It's Arizona Sports Saturday, 98.7 FM, Arizona's sports station. It is Arizona Sports Saturday. Thanks for checking out the show. It's a beautiful day outside in the Valley. We are inside at Chase Field for a triple header here in the Arizona Fall League. The game just got underway at about 11.30, so we are well underway here in the fourth inning of the Arizona Fall League. But joining us now to help us get ready for tomorrow's NFL matchup between the Cardinals and the Seahawks, it's in Seattle. He is Tyler Drake. He's our Cardinals insider at ArizonaSports.com. Hey, Ty, how are you, sir? What's up, guys? I'm doing all right. How are you? Good. Did you make a trip okay. to the zoo this morning? Oh, man, I wish I could say yes, but I uh, actually had to go find a new pair of shoes, which, hey, let me tell you right now, PSA for all those guys with massive feet like me. It's hard <laughs> to find shoes, and, and places around here need to embrace the people with the big shoes. You tell because, them, Ty. Let's go. Because guess what? I couldn't find any shoes that were my size. <laughs> That's brutal. That's from brutal. Uh, from big shoes to big shoes to fill. Oh, who's going to be getting the bulk of the running Whoa. game against uh, the Seahawks? <laughs> seeing as how James Conner and uh, Daryl Williams will not be available tomorrow. Yeah, yeah. So uh, it'll it'll look like. Uh, I mean, it's going to be the Eno show, and I think everybody in the Valley is uh, pretty excited about it. I think. You know, his teammates all are very, very confident. Cliff Kingsbury is confident in him. So uh, he'll get the bulk of the carries. And then a guy that I think a lot of people should watch, especially if you're looking for a guy in fantasy too, by the way, I think Keontae Ingram, he's uh, he's going to be the backup. And he might not get a ton of carries, but if they need to give Eno a break or maybe even some goal line work with uh, Ingram, he's, he's a big body running back and he says he likes to run downhill. So, uh, he could be a, he could be a factor too, and then uh, I believe you know Corey Clement is supposed to be elevated. Those should come down momentarily, I would assume, maybe even while we're talking. But uh, so yeah, he should be a practice squad elevation. But yeah, it'll be Eno, Keontae, and then Corey Clement. But yeah, Eno show for sure, and and he'll be the workhorse for the majority of the day. I'm not going to lie, even in the limited amount of time that we've seen of Eno Benjamin, I do feel that he kind of runs with a passion that I don't see in some of the other running backs in the room. This is going to be his first opportunity to really shine, but I think that he's actually stood out in my mind. Do you agree with me on that? Yeah, yeah, for sure. You can tell the dude just loves to work. He just loves to be there. He loves he loves getting down and dirty and, and really working at the craft and really refining his craft. You can tell just talking with him is confident. The confidence that he has is oozing out of the sides of him. So, uh, yeah, he's he's been really, 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 I mean, he's just ascended really fast. I mean, from hardly or from not even seeing the field as rookie season to now, you know, being that guy that really they have to count on against a Seattle team that's really, really vulnerable against the run. So if there was ever an opportunity for Eno to really, you know, plant his flag as, hey, I can be a number one running back, it's going to be this game right here. Tyler Drake, our Arizona Cardinals insider for ArizonaSports.com, joining us here on the Arizona Sports Line. Ty, i got to ask you then, because I described it earlier as the Mario Kart rainbow strip game. This Seattle rush defense has not been great. Doesn't it feel like the worst kind of timing, but also the best kind of timing for the Cardinals rushing game to get right? Yeah, for sure. And I think the big thing that we all need to remember is Kyler Murray. I think uh, as much as we're talking about Eno and Keontae and those guys, I think this could be a game where we're talking a lot about how much Kyler Murray put on the put put up on the ground just from the fact that he may not run that much. But again, the Seattle defense is just bad. I mean, everywhere you look, I mean, pass, passing the passing attack is just terrible. But then the the rush attack is just even even worse. So 
Uh, I think, yeah, as much as it sucks not having James Conner or Daryl Williams, I don't think the Cardinals are in a very bad spot in terms of who they've got running the football come Sunday. Uh, and, and that's, that's what you kind of, that's what you want. I mean, they kept five running backs and we're seeing exactly why right now. And I think the biggest thing that I'm worried about with this is what if this is just a one-off and they're going to have a quick turnaround to have to play in New Orleans on Thursday at home. But what if this is finally the game where the offense truly shows what it can be, but it's just a one-off because Seattle's defense is bad and then they come home against New Orleans and they look miserable in the first quarter again. So what did this? what does this team have to do to keep that consistency if they can finally break out offensively on Sunday? Yeah, I mean, I think at this point there's no ifs. It's got to be. It's got to be this game where they where they break out and score in the first quarter, or just look like a competent team in the first half, or not team, I should say, just offense in general. Uh, this is the game. I mean, I think if they can't figure it out against Seattle, there's going to be a lot. There's going to be even more questions for this team. And I feel like every week I say, if this doesn't happen, more questions. But if they can't get it done against the Seattle defense, which I mean, Hollywood Brown and Tyler should thrive. This defense is giving up chunk plays left and right, and if they're not through the pass, it's on the run like we just talked about. So they've got to figure it out, and I think if they can – I mean, if they can score in the first quarter and and look like the better team in the first half, I think that's all they really need to to have that momentum going into the next week because we've seen how different and how good this team can be in the second half. They just have to get there and not completely shoot themselves in the foot, which – for some reason, is the hardest thing for them to do right now. We're talking with our Cardinals insider, Tyler Drake from ArizonaSports.com, is on the line with us. Uh, and, Ty, I feel like a lot's been made of the Cardinals' decision to bring back Matt Amendola, the kicker, after he missed a late-game field goal last week. Will the Cardinals, who are already a team that goes for it more than any other team in the league, will they be more inclined to go for it now because of a n- mistrust in a kicker? You know, it's that's one of those things. I think they, like you just said, I mean, they love to go for it on fourth down. It seems like so. If they can uh, find a way, if, I mean, if they're up and they feel like they don't need to get three points and they can kind of just keep going with what they're going with, then, yeah, they can probably avoid doing that. But at the same time, like, he just scored some points, and that might be in the first quarter. He might need to hit a 35-yarder in the first quarter to give him some, some kind of point. So, uh, Steve, you know, Steve kind of talked with Burns and Gambo this past week and, and, you know, mentioned and they brought up the kicker situation. And right. from the sounds of it, all the other guys that were in the tryout were not as good as uh, Amendola. So, I mean, I guess it's it's the grass is the grass isn't always greener on the other side kind of take. So we'll see. I mean, it sounds like I mean, Justin Pugh said it himself that everybody's pretty uh, confident in the guy. So we'll see. But yeah, him uh, 40 yards, 40 to 49 is not the greatest, uh, not the greatest stat. I mean, it's funny because the complaint always seemed to be about, oh, if the kicker had just made the kick. Well, they had to go out and get a kicker, and kickers are available for a reason, right? Like, you can't always assume that you're just going to strike gold at every opportunity. I want to ask you about another injury that kind of concerns me. Rodney Hudson is questionable. He didn't play last week. Obviously, Sean Harlow had to step in for that, but Rodney is just as important to this offense, in my opinion, as any other member of the Cardinals. How important is he in your eyes if he plays on Sunday? Yeah, he's definitely important. But I think, you know, really, guys, I think they really need to have a a contingency plan in place because I don't think – I think this is going to be a reoccurring thing with Rodney this year. I just think with where he's at health-wise, his age, the the whole offseason of contemplating retirement, I think all of those factors and, and yeah, just staying healthy. I think this is going to be a recurring topic every week is is if he can go, if he's healthy – 
obviously when he's on the field, he changes how that offense operates. He, he makes Kyler better. He makes that team better. But at the same time, if he can't get on the field, you've got to be able to, to trust Deshaun Harlow to step in and not only, you know, make sure the, the snap gets off clean, but also be able to read the defense and give Kyler those same type of tips that, you know, Rodney would give him. So uh, it's, it's, it's concerning, I think, just because we've seen, we've seen how this team operates without Rodney. So it's, uh, it's, it'll be big to see what John Harlow can do. And, and, I mean, hopefully Rodney can play. But if not, I, especially with the short week, I mean, I don't see him playing both games, to be honest. So I would say if he can make one of the two, that's, that's still a, a good win for the, for the team. Talking with Cardinals insider Tyler Drake on Arizona Sports Saturday. Uh, the Cardinals head to Seattle tomorrow to face the Seahawks, where in their last seven games in Seattle, the Cardinals have won five of them. What is it about playing in the Pacific Northwest that gives the Cardinals players confidence? Yeah, yeah, it's it's wild. You would think going up there and playing in a hostile environment would not be the thing, and the, the weather's different, everything's different, but yeah, they like playing up there. I mean, you've got uh, Byron Murphy, Buda Baker, Deke Turner, all those guys used to play Washington or, or, or from that area. Kyler Murray's grandma used to live up there, so he even said it was like a second or third home for him. So, uh, yeah, it's one of those one of those spots, and it's always weird. It's always a weird game. I mean, I don't think we've seen a, a regular game featuring Kyler Murray up there with something happening, or COVID, or him getting banged up or something. So. We'll, uh, we'll see if he can put together a full game this time. But, yeah, it's just one of those things that they just start. They can figure it out on the road, but that's been this team for the last couple of years. They've been able to figure it out on the road. I think if they win this game up there, they'll have 10 wins at uh, Lumen Field since it's opened, which is which would be double than the San Francisco 49ers and the Rams. So oh, wow. that right there, I mean, they've, they've dominated up there. I just It's one of those weird places where they just get it right. And it's double the wins that they have at home in a calendar year. All right, Ty, last one for you, and then we'll get you, uh, then we'll get you out of here. Um, if the Cardinals are to score a point in the first quarter, how many? How many points? Ooh, okay. Let's say, uh, let's say, you know, if you would have asked me this in the offseason, I would have said nine because I would have figured they'd get a safety on Geno Smith. But I don't see that's going to happen this time because he's playing better than I think any of us ever thought he could ever play in his life. So right. I would say give me, give me seven. Just give me seven. Give me a touchdown, a deep okay. Hollywood Brown touchdown. Okay, Burnsy went even as bold as a Kyler Murray rushing touchdown, and you're going Hollywood Brown. Okay, I like this. Tyler, as always, thanks so much. We'll talk to you again in a couple of weeks, I believe. I don't think we have a show next no week. No problem. So we'll talk, we'll Catch a foul ball for me. <laughs> we'll our yeah, best. is there anybody's autograph you want? I'll go get it for you. <laughs> get them all, man. Get them all. all right, get them all. Got it. Ty, thanks so much, as always. That's Tyler Drake, ArizonaSports.com, Cardinals lead writer, Cardinals insider. Coming up next, I'm actually really excited about this one. Years, there's all types of faces that you see at the Fall League. Very rarely do you see guys that actually played in the major leagues in the same season, but that's what we're going to do. We're going to talk with Cooper Hummel, the Diamondbacks catcher, joins us next on Arizona Sports Saturday. 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. It's Arizona Sports Saturday. Mitch Vareldis, Steve Zinsmeister here with you. We're live from Chase Field in the midst of a Arizona Fall League triple header, the first of its kind. Later tonight, as we've said several times, the Salt River Rafters and the Surprise Saguaros are going to face off, and a member of that Salt River Rafters team and a member of your Arizona Diamondbacks, Cooper Hummel, now joins us here on the program. Cooper, my name is Mitch. With me is Steve. Thanks so much for taking the time today. Really appreciate it. Thanks for having me on. 
So I want to ask you just right off the bat, because you're probably, and you can correct me if I'm wrong, but you're a rare exception as far as the Fall League is concerned because you did have a big chunk of Major League time this year. So I'm curious, why are you coming back to the Fall League this year? Um, yeah, you know, it's uh, obviously not a common thing to have uh, someone with uh, big league time and, you know, like you said, a, a big chunk um, playing the Fall League. But, you know, I, I wanted to get more reps behind the plate this year and, um, you know, it, that seems to be the position that's going to help the team the most next year. Obviously, you got Carson. Um, but, you know, if, I, if I'm going to help the team, uh, I think it's being behind the plate, and I want to be as prepared as I can coming into spring training. So what does the organization talk to you about specifically when it comes to being a catcher moving forward? What is it that they want to get out of you? What have they told you the plan is? Um, I think the biggest thing is, like, you know, you see the pieces that we have in the outfield, and obviously um, – you know, before making my debut as an outfielder, um, you know, we wanted to get the bat in the lineup as much as possible and have the ability to get on base and uh, help the team drive in some runs. Um, but, you know, it, obviously with Alec Thomas, Belton Varshow, Corbin Carroll, um, Stone Garrett, Jake McCarthy, I mean, we, we got a very impressive outfield. Um, and, and while most, most of those guys are left, uh, left-handed, they can't really move around as much um, because of that. So, um, given my background, having the ability to move around, it just helps the team. And I, I think that's the biggest thing for them, um, how I can get the bat in the lineup and how, uh, how I can help the team, you know, as many times as I can a week just by uh, doing that. And catcher seems like the most logical position. Um, and, you know, going forward, just being able to control the staff and um, how, to, how to help the team defensively as well is, uh, is a big focus. Cooper Hummel, Arizona Diamondback, and now uh, also playing in the Arizona Fall League, joins us right now on Arizona Sports Saturday. And, Cooper, you mentioned something there that I wanted to kind of reiterate on, too, because you brought up on base, getting on base. You're the type of player that when you first came to the Arizona Diamondbacks organization and everyone looked you up on baseball reference, the thing that stands out is no matter what your batting average is in any given season, your on-base numbers are crazy. Is that something that you take a lot of pride in? Yeah, I take a ton of pride in it. Um, I, I think the biggest part about that is just making sure I'm swinging at a pitch that I can hit. Um, it, it's kind of funny, you know, being behind the plate, you you know how people are going to pitch um, pitch different guys. And um, sometimes if that's in the back of your head, you can kind of wait on a pitch and, and kind of know how they're going to approach you. And it, it really helps you uh, see as many pitches as possible, which in the end helps your team. I, you know, I take a lot of pride in that. And um, whether it's me getting on base or me seeing a ton of pitches one way or another, it's going to help the team out, uh, whether that's getting a pitcher out of the game sooner or we have another runner on base. Cooper Hummel, the Arizona Diamondbacks catcher, joining us here on Arizona Sports Saturday. So I'm curious because you've only been with the organization for, I believe it's like a year at the most. After you got traded from Milwaukee, what do you remember about Arizona prior to arriving here in the Valley? Oh, uh, prior to arriving, I, I just kind of think back about the 2001 uh, World Series team. Um, I, honestly, there was a, there's a little bit of a gap for me about the Diamondbacks between like 2010 and when I got traded over. Um, I, I also have some personal history playing against them in the minors, uh, the 2019 uh, championship versus Jackson, where I faced off against uh, guys like Barsho and actually lost to them uh, in double A. So, um, you know, as far as uh, the history or what I what I think about, I just go back to the 20, 2001 team uh, that made a run and made won the World Series. I feel like we've got the pieces now to do that. 
I am asked, I'm interested to ask you this, Cooper, because you do have major league experience, something that not every player here at the Fall League has. What is the vibe around the Diamondbacks clubhouse? Obviously, last season did not go the way that anybody wanted it to, but this season there's a lot more excitement. There's a lot of young guys coming into the organization that you brought up, particularly in the outfield. What's the vibe around the clubhouse? Do people feel good about the direction that this team's going? Uh, yeah, especially the second half of the year. I mean, you really started noticing like an uptick in the energy and an uptick in the uh, the I, I will say aggressiveness of the team. Um, we we really gelled together. You know, a lot of these guys came up together. Um, I mentioned the 20, 2019 group that I played against, and there's several guys on this team that are were a part of that group uh, that had won a championship at Double A. And obviously, you have what happened this year at Triple A um, in a very a very strong uh, championship caliber team. And last year's team in Reno um, in 2021 uh, was very strong as well. I want to say they got second in the PCL last year. Um, you know, there's there's a mindset with these young guys that you know we want to win, and we're we're very aggressive and competitive and you can feel that around the clubhouse. The the older guys are are all on board with it. You know, there's there's an energy that it's hard to uh, it's hard to get away from. It's very uh, I'm spacing on the word, but it's very uh, passionate and it, it's very uh, you know it, it's easily excitable to everyone in the room. Cooper Hummel, our guest here on the Arizona Sports Saturday show on the Arizona Sports Line. I'm curious. So you've had that bit of Major League experience now with the Diamondbacks. Just from a base level, what was it like to be able to play at the Major League level this year? Oh, it was it was incredible. Uh, an experience that I'll never uh, I'll never get rid of and I'll, I'll cherish forever. Um, you know, it, it's wild. You see these guys on TV all the time. Um, growing up, like you get to face guys like Clayton Kershaw or you see Max Scherzer in person. I remember going to Houston recently where we got to see Zach Gallon and, uh, and Verlander face off. And, you know, you're on the same playing field as them. And it's, uh, it's pretty surreal. Um, whether it's day one of the big leagues or I'll make it up day 140 or hopefully, you know, three years from now, four or five years from now, uh, it's going to be the same feeling. Just the fact that you're, you're there, you're, you're competing against the best. It's an unbelievable feeling, and um, you know when you're winning, it's even better. Cooper Hummel joins us on Arizona Sports Saturday. Cooper, I do think that you can contribute in a big way at the catcher position, but a lot of the fans already know Carson Kelly. They're familiar with him. He's been the starting primary catcher for a couple of seasons. So I'll ask you this. Do you anticipate there being a bit of a competition between the two, like a, like a spirited one-upping of each other? Oh, you know, competition's always uh, always healthy on any team you're on. Um, you know, it, it makes everyone better. And I, you know, Carson and I have been friends for a while. Um, we played against each other in high school and uh, have known each other for a long time. And I, I think both of us can push push each other in in a positive way to help the team. So, um, you know, he's been around a long time. He's really talented. He's very um, very good with the pitching staff and, and very good behind the plate. And obviously, we've seen what he's done in the past uh, with with his bat. You know. He's, he's got all the tools, so um, I'm hoping I can push him in a way to help uh, help him help the team, and I'm hoping he pushes me the same way. Um, in, in the end, what really matters is if we win, you know, and so however that happens, that's, that's what's most important, and I think we all want to make the playoffs next year and hopefully make a run, and, um, you know, I wouldn't be, uh, wouldn't be surprised if you could call us the Seattle Mariners of 2023. Ooh, I like oh. that. I'm, I'm already intrigued, Cooper. You've got me <laughs> on the edge of my seat. Hey, last one for you, and then we'll let you get ready for your game tonight. Draft night. It's 
a very it's a very unique process for someone who has to wait a few rounds to have their name called. And we've talked to a couple of guys already today who were first rounders, top ten picks, etc. But I'm very curious what that night was like for you as someone who was drafted in one of the later rounds a few years back. Yeah, you know uh, the 18th round. Uh, well, in 2016, the 18th round was about halfway the halfway point. Um, it's very different to what is now. Right. Um, or, you know, I, did, I knew I wasn't going to be a day one guy on the first two rounds. Um, uh, but uh, there was a lot of talk that I could have been a day two guy. So sitting through um, day two and, um, you know, it's stressful. Uh, you know, you, you sit there, your stomach turns, and uh, you hear the names called. Uh, you hear teams go by that, you know, you've sat there and talked to. And, um yeah, I never even thought I'd be drafted by the Milwaukee Brewers. Uh, the scout that drafted me was actually a, a dad of one of my college teammates. And, you know, I, I knew I had a good year. I talked to enough scouts, but I, I never really anticipated that that was where I'd end up because him and I never really had those kind of conversations as much as other teams. Um, and, and so going through it and let, waiting, you know, 48 hours to uh, to hear my name called was uh, very stressful. I want to say that I barely ate anything after the second day just because I was um, trying to figure out what was best for my future and where I'd end up the next year, whether it was playing professional baseball or heading back to school. Wow. Um, and obviously there's the negotiation tactics to telling scouts, oh, well, I'm heading off to summer ball in you know, 24 hours if I don't get picked or if I'm not picked at a certain point. Um, yeah, it's, just, it, it's very stressful. It's a, it's, a different, it's a different ball game once you get to that third day. Um, but you know, I wouldn't trade it for trade it for anything. It ended up, you know, being the best thing for me, and um, it's what's brought me to to the Diamondbacks now. And I wouldn't trade it for anything. Well, Cooper, thank you so much for spending some time with us and getting the chance to get to know you has been awesome. And we're rooting for you, particularly in your new position at catcher. And uh, we're excited to see what you can do with the Diamondbacks and here in the Arizona Fall League. So thanks for your time today. The Mariners of 2023. Yeah, let's you. go. I'm ready. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> thanks, Cooper. Oh, guys. That's Cooper Hummel of the Arizona Diamondbacks and also playing in the Fall League this year. Uh, he joins us on Arizona Sports Saturday. All right, coming up, let's talk a little bit more about this game that we've got between the Cardinals and the Seahawks tomorrow. Which player is poised for a huge breakout game? The answer might not be as obvious as you thought. That's coming up next on Arizona Sports Saturday. Arizona Sports goes local. It's Arizona Sports Saturday, 98.7 FM, Arizona's Sports Station. Well, we had four kickers in the previous week, and um, he was the most consistent by far, uh, you know, as far as accuracy and, and get off and those sort of things. So, um, you know, it's easy to just say, hey, let's just change out to change out. But now all of a sudden you have a guy step in and who knows, potentially he could be missing extra points and, and those sort of things. And there's something to be said for, you know, in the NFL for timing and those sort of things with the snapper, the, the, the whole placeholder, those those things, etc. So uh, I just think it was in our best interest at, at this point to stay with the same guy. That was Cardinals GM Steve Kime yesterday with Burns and Gambo, his weekly appearance, 3 o'clock on the Burns and Gambo show. Uh, we're back here on Arizona Sports Saturday. Mitch Burrell, the Steve Zinsmeister. And that was Steve talking about the kicking team or the state of the kicking team, and specifically to Matt Amendola, who many Cardinals fans are probably just pointing fingers right now for missing the game-tying field goal last week against the Eagles. Well, he's going to be kicking again this weekend, and that has a lot of people nervous. I understand that. But... 
I don't necessarily think this is an end of the world scenario if you're the Cardinals, right? Like there are other problems that they're dealing with besides kicker. Yeah, and I like the way that uh, Justin Pugh handled things after the game in the locker room last Sunday when everything went down. And understandably, the media waited by Matt Amendola's locker for him to speak at some point because when you are the last guy to touch the football and possibly tie the game and send it to overtime and you miss, I understand them wanting to ask him some questions. But by no means was that entire game's loss on his shoulders. No. And Justin Pugh made it very clear with some more colorful words than I can use on the air. Yeah. But he made it clear to the media, this is not about Matt Amendola. This is about the Arizona Cardinals. You and I have talked ad nauseum about how this offense can't get going in the first quarter. Had they got going in the first quarter, maybe you're not relying on a kicker who you just got off the street at the end of the game to tie the game. So there's a lot of things that this organization could do other than just finding a new kicker that are going to be more beneficial in Seattle tomorrow than bringing back Matt Amendola. I'm not super worried about it. I mean, you hit on it. The offense struggles in the first half. It's The best example I can give is if your teacher gives you a project, you have three months to do your project, okay? But as we all know, we wait until the very last week to do the entirety of the project. That's the Cardinals' offense right now. You have four quarters to get things going, and instead they don't do anything until the third and fourth quarter. And it's very frustrating to watch, first and foremost. They're, as far as I know, the only team that has not scored a, a point in the, for, in the first quarter. Yeah. A point. And you not have, even a field goal. And you have to wonder what kind of position they would be in record-wise and, and what their offense might look like if they had gotten going in some of these games. Seriously. I mean, would you have needed the dramatic antics at the end of the game in Vegas? I, I, I doubt you probably would have had as tight of a game there. Uh, could they have pulled out at least one more win out of their losses? Yeah, maybe that's possible. Sure. This weekend, you're facing Seattle, which is... The worst defense in the NFL. I mean, we went through it earlier. They're the worst run defense. They're like the 26th ranked pass defense, 31st in scoring defense. It's This is your opportunity, and it happens to be a divisional game as well. You used the term earlier, Mario Kart Rainbow Strip or the, the boost on Rainbow Road, however you want to term it. This is very much the boost game for the Cardinals offense. What makes it a real bummer, however... As you mentioned, the rush defense, how poor it is for Seattle. Well, you're without three of your five running backs that you kept on the roster to start the year. So you're now down to Eno Benjamin, who everybody assumes to be the favorite to be the lead back on Sunday. You have Keontae Ingram, who in five weeks as a draft pick of this team has been a healthy scratch every week. And then you have Corey Clement, who's a veteran, but you're just calling him up from the practice squad from this week. I want to focus a little bit on Ingram. This is... Just as much an opportunity for him as it is for Benjamin. Benjamin, who's, you know, was a healthy scratch all of his first season, was purely special teams his second season. And then here in his third season, he's getting a lot of buzz, a lot of positive buzz, and he's proven pretty well in the games he's gotten. Keontae Ingram has not gotten that opportunity yet. And he's already being elevated into a basically RB2 duty for this team. And this could be a really good game for him because the rush defense for Seattle is terrible. Yeah, I think everybody knows that Eno Benjamin is going to be relied upon in this game. But you're right. We don't know 
Keontae Ingram very well because he hasn't played yet. We don't know how big of a role he'll play, how many carries he'll get. We talked with our Cardinals insider Tyler Drake earlier, and even he was saying, I I think that he'll be a surprise, a nice little surprise for people who don't know him, but we don't know because we don't know how much they're going to use him. Right. The same could have been said for James Conner and Daryl Williams, who are not going to be playing in Sunday's game. This Cardinals team does not have a workhorse back. I know what we saw from James Conner last year and how well he performed. He scored a ton of touchdowns, got a lot of opportunities. He was very, very good, and I still think he's that player. But this Cardinals offense does not utilize one running back. Barely any teams in the NFL do. I mean, quite frankly, they haven't really been able to use their running backs at all that well this year. I mean, that goes with the struggles of the offense. More often than not, if you can't establish a rushing game, it's just as difficult to establish a passing game that's your offense right there. So if the struggles that they have with the rushing game, if those continue against this porous Seattle defense, then you're going to have to start figuring out, okay, what are they doing at the beginning of the games that's causing them a problem? What are they calling play-wise, script-wise? What are they telling these players to go out and prepare for when in the second half it's basically just become the Kyler Murray backyard football show? It's kind of what it feels like. Yeah. He saves them. And this is your last game before you get DeAndre Hopkins back from suspension. And I I know that it's easy to harp on that. It's easy to look at the Hopkins situation and say, well, once they get him back, they'll be so much better. But honestly, we don't know how much he'll be utilized in tandem with Hollywood Brown. We just haven't seen it together yet. You and I could both look at it on paper and say, yeah, naturally, they should be better. There will be more options for Kyler Murray. It could open some things up for the run game. But in the NFL, the run sets up the pass. Not necessarily the other way around. So I think you're right. This is a get-right opportunity for the Cardinals tomorrow in Seattle. A place, by the way, where for some weird reason the Cardinals play really well. They've won five of their last seven there over the years, ever since really B.A. took over as coach. I felt that the Cardinals play better in Seattle than they do here at home. And you think about talent-wise in those years past, it took a while for the Cardinals to get Kyler Murray. Obviously, they had the trial and error with Josh Rosen and Sam Bradford the year after Carson Palmer retired. And even in some of those games, Carson Palmer was seen as the inferior quarterback to Russell Wilson. So this is a grand opportunity where it's very clear that the talent on the Cardinals roster seems to surpass the talent that's on Seattle's roster. Even they are dealing with a running back issue. Rashad Penny, he had the broken ankle in last week's game. He's not going to play. They're going to rely on a rookie running back for most of their, their workload. This this is the this is the golden opportunity for the Cardinals. If they can't get the offense going in this go in this game, all the questions, all of the calling for heads, all of that is going to come to fruition after Sunday. This Cardinals team right now is staying afloat, which is what you and I talked about when the schedule was released months ago, that there was such a gauntlet in the first three weeks that we all, we kind of looked at each other and we were like, you know what, it's plausible that they're 0-3. And then I looked at the first six weeks and said, well, there's a chance they could be 3-3. Three and three. Right now, they're sitting in a position where they're floating, and if they can't figure out the run game and can't get the offense going in general early on in this game... I'm afraid they might be sinking. I feel like the common request out of you, myself, really every host at Arizona Sports, can you go 3-3 three and three without DeAndre Hopkins? Can you go 3-3? Three and three? Because when Hopkins comes back, he elevates your offense to another level. You're going to be adding him to a group that already has Marquise Hollywood-Brown on pace for a fantastic year. Rondale Moore in the way they utilize him. A.J. Green, a veteran presence. At least he requires some coverage. And then, of course, Zach Ertz, who you traded for last year and then gave him a big deal this offseason. 
if you can get to three and three, which the Cardinals very much have the opportunity to do, it puts you at ease, and to your point, it keeps you afloat. Plus, you have the advantage of the Rams really, really hung over from that Super Bowl, and everybody expected Seattle to be bad, and they're also 2-3, and three, so they're in position for the taking. I wouldn't say San Francisco has everything locked up either. No. I mean, San Francisco, they went through a big injury to their new quarterback, Trey Lance, who they were trying to transition to. I personally have always thought Jimmy G was probably the better option to win games right now anyway. Agreed. Um, so they might be okay in that way, but Debo Samuel hasn't been catching the ball a ton. I, I know he's still dangerous, obviously, but they haven't figured everything out in their offense. I don't know who their main running back is over there in San Francisco right now. Jeff Wilson seems okay. But I don't think that anybody in this division necessarily has a leg up right now. But if Geno Smith and Seattle somehow win this game against the Cardinals tomorrow, I have a hard time looking at Seattle as some chump like we looked at them just a couple weeks ago. Well, I mean, you can even go back to week one for Seattle when they shocked the, the NFL world and won first and foremost. And secondly, against the team that now employs the quarterback that they had for the longest time. But I don't think people are, you know, overlooking this Geno Smith and Seattle Seahawks offense right now. I think it is very much understood that the Seattle Seahawks team can compete and they can hang around. Very clearly, it's because of the way that the offense is moving. But if there's ever a game where a defense just loves to show that they're better than what their statistics have shown, and they haven't shown much... It's always the divisional games. It's always then you're at home against a divisional rival and a chance to get to 3-3 three and three and stay competitive in the NFC West. We are live out at Chase Field right now in the middle of a triple header, the first of its kind in the Arizona Fall League. We are watching some of baseball's finest top prospects in action right now. You could check out the games this afternoon as well. There's two more of them. We're only in game one right now. So the Fall League, highly, highly recommend you check out an Arizona Fall League game. Still an opportunity to get tickets to this triple header as well be sure to head over to mlbfallball.com that's mlbfallball.com you can get tickets for the two games that are happening later today again at chase field all right we've got about a half hour left we got to know who's going to get the call up from the practice squad for the cardinals we got to know who's going to be placed on injured reserve if anybody plus it is already a party in philadelphia we'll explain next on arizona sports saturday